1: It's just severe MMA. Severe MMA. <laughs> severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here.
0: Welcome, welcome, everybody. It's episode 264 of the severe MMA podcast my name is sean sheehan joined today by the dan scott of irish mma media graham McDonnell, as we talk about an interesting night last night in the world of mma and beyond graham how are you how are things fine it was a good week and a bad week at the same time wasn't it in terms of suspicion around to roastering sure what more could you do
1: yeah yeah and it was a, i thought it was a really good night of fights obviously we'll we'll go into it more but i thought the main event was a bit of a letdown but besides that it was there was some very very good stuff
0: yeah there was yeah, i really enjoyed it. it was the i think it was probably the best card in terms of enjoyment since they've uh, they've come back from from top to bottom um but yeah the main event wasn't wasn't great obviously there was uh, there was <laughs> there was some news after the card as well but uh We'll, uh, we'll concentrate on the, the card first, I think, because that's the, that's the most important thing of, uh, of what happened last night, I think, without someone trying to take away their shine. But anyway. Um, right, sure, we might as well ta- start to that main event, as you mentioned it there. Like, Manuel Nunes versus Felicia Spencer. Manuel Nunes won by a unanimous decision 50 44, 50 44, 50 45. Thought there was probably a couple of 10 8s in there, but, you know, she, she won every round anyway, so it didn't really, really make much of a difference. Like, I you texted me last night after saying uh she, she couldn't even finish Felicia Spencer. Were you very disappointed in the men Nunes last night?
1: Yeah, well, I was kind of joking. But also, yeah. like, you know, when you're, when you're that good and that much better than somebody, like, everywhere, the grappling, the wrestling, the striking, everything, just everything. And you kind of, you probably should finish that fight, really, but... uh I, going into the fight I thought she would definitely there was pretty much no doubt in my mind that uh, Amanda Nunes would finish uh, Spencer but she probably had a, she had a good few opportunities kind of to finish her but kind of went to the grappling a bit too much maybe trying to prove a point or something that, that people are saying maybe Spencer that was where she could get at Nunes and Nunes wanted to show maybe um, similar to maybe what John Jones has done in the past but maybe, maybe not maybe she just was happy to just you know, take the win. But there wasn't, there wasn't like, you know, really anything coming back from Spencer any, through any of the fight, really.
0: I, I, I thought there was, to be honest. Like, I... I uh, kind of agree with you. I don't think it was Amanda Nunes' best performance, to be honest. And we're obviously holding her to a huge standard. She won every round easily. They could have all been fucking ten 8s yeah, yeah, so. we're, we're
1: definitely we're definitely holding her to a higher standard. But that's what when you're like the, the best, which considered the best female fighter of all time, and you're a two way champion, that's the kind of criteria you, you will be held to.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. But like I, I thought you know when you said nothing was coming back from Felicia Spencer, I thought that she actually hit her maybe twice every round and hit her hard a couple of times as well and there was, there was one shot she landed and I thought oh you know she kind of she didn't rock Amanda Nunes but you know she felt it in and, and Amanda Nunes unless they're fighting Cyborg and she, she hit her with a big shot you, she doesn't really feel shots like that or uh, you know there's so much more coming back it doesn't really make a difference and it didn't really make a difference but I thought like yeah. watching off. well, well flight... over
1: 25 minutes mm-hmm. you know you're probably going to land a couple but yeah. besides that like I don't think there was any like you know any danger really there in any you know in any Aspect of, of grappling yeah. or or just striking.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know, think so either. But I think if she was fighting someone better. I think maybe there would be, but uh, like the, I think the problem is with Amanda Nunes. You look at her. I think it's someone who's going to be able to land big, powerful shots. Is the person who might be able to to beat her or have some sort of, uh, some sort of uh, you know, positivity <laughs> when fighting. her. no, it seems to be negative for everyone as they're fighting at the moment. But yeah, look, I, I suppose that that's very much nitpicking. But I, I thought Felicia landed a few elbows inside, and Amanda throws her shots, and she leaves herself open a lot of the times but she's just so good offensively she's just a fucking juggernaut going forward that it's impossible to beat her and like i think she has done kind of what cyborg did later in her career but much earlier in amanda Nunes' career and she's put with her like unbelievable physical abilities and her bravery and uh, you know her her power and everything like that she has and her skills, she has added the the kind of the game planning and you know the the kind of maturation, especially to her striking uh, at this point in her career, and it just makes her so much better. Like I, I feel you feel a bit sorry for Cyborg because okay, I, I think if a lot of it was her own uh, doing for the last four or five years, maybe where she got to the point where she wanted to get to maybe a little bit too late, but women's MMA you know wasn't at the point where it is today. Say when she was like in her prime, or maybe you know a little bit just before her prime. And uh, I think so, uh Amanda Nunes is showing what you can be, what the best women's fighter in the world can be. Like what I, uh, you can talk about Men Nunes as a striking all day and her ability does beautiful one twos right down the middle and the power she landed them. But last night I was most impressed with her you know, her wrestling and her single leg. She was literally just ragdolling Felicia Spencer around, just picking her, up, put her on the ground whenever she wanted. You know, we talked last week and you know, maybe we were clutching the straws a little bit. We said maybe the advantage Felicia Spencer would have would be on the ground, whether it's wrestling or jiu-jitsu. And Amanda Nunes just bodied her in all of those areas of the game. Like, What did you think, like, when you saw Amanda Nunes just picking her up, single legs, like, running the pipe and just fucking getting down on top of her every time she wanted like that? <laughs> it was... It was... Yeah. Massive. Uh,
1: by the end, it was like... You know, it was like a throwback to when, like, a wrestler would go up against a jiu-jitsu guy, like, wrestle him to the ground and then be like, oh, stand up. But even even though Amanda Nunes was dominating on the ground, and you know, if she had a few more seconds at the end of um, was it the the, the second round or was it the second with the rear neck or oh, oh I can't remember oh yeah 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 it the rear neck choke count. yeah yeah she yeah, so she had like a, a few opportunities to finish, and she she's usually a finisher like you know uh, Amanda Nunes, so I was surprised she didn't finish in a few places and you were talking about a kind of wrestler and there, was, there was one stage where she kind of had uh, Felicia rocked up against the cage mm-hmm. and she went to the, the grappling I don't know if she was as I said earlier trying to prove a point like John kind of like John Jones does or or I don't know I don't know like what she why she didn't go for the finish when usually she does but um. You know, all this said, we're obviously holding Amanda Nunez to a, a huge standard, and she's she's absolutely streets ahead of, of all the other all the other girls. Like, it's hard to, to look at somebody she hasn't already, or somebody new that she hasn't already fought and think, oh, they have a good chance against her, or any chance against her, really. Yeah, we'll
0: look down um, through she, Like, you one...
1: know, Felicia Spencer, you know, she, she held her own, like, for most of the, the cyborg fight. Like, I know Cyborg got tired and still won the decision or whatever, but she was, she was like, you know, um, kind of <laughs> you could sell it like you know because Cyborg is such a such a big name you could you could sell it but she just made it look like a, an easy sparring session and kind of made it, it it kind of looked a little bit to me like she didn't really want to hurt Felicia too much for some reason when usually it's the, the kind of opposite attitude from newness.
0: yeah I saw Luke Thomas tweeted that last night and it kind of got me thinking about the whole fight and I feel like it was that way from early on you know more than just late like yeah, yeah, and Emmanuel Nunes said it afterwards as well. And when she said, I was like, "All right, it makes sense." She said she wanted to get the five rounds to prove she could go five rounds. Well, she's done it before, so she didn't really have to prove it anymore. But uh, maybe she heard Joe Rogan talking about it in commentary in, in the silent arena and said, "Oh, this is a, you know, this is a good way out of it." But however, I, mean, I think that's a, probably something Amanda Nunes would think of. But like. The, what, another thing before we get to maybe who's next for a million. We'll uh,
1: <laughs> she should have come in and said, oh, I was just playing it safe. Okay, that guy you put a million dollars on didn't want to didn't want to <laughs> lose that <laughs> money for him.
0: Oh, God. We'll get to the commentary in a second. But that... Jeez, the, they never stopped fucking saying that. Like, that was the safest million dollar bet of, <laughs> of, of all time. Like, it was it was always going to win. But what did... Like, over the last few weeks, we've had a few different debates about the, the coroner stopping the fight or the towel being thrown in. Like, this one, I... I don't think... At any stage, the towel should have been thrown in. I think maybe after the fourth, when she had lost every round, when she was beaten down, when the Manny wasn't getting tired, there was absolutely no way the Felicia Spencer could win that fight. You know, if, she, if there was a way, she, we would have seen it in the first four rounds or seen glimpses of it, even though she did land a couple of shots, but not and hurt the Manny Like, it's that. And she had a big hematoma in her head, she was bleeding, she just. There was absolutely no way. She could win
1: it. If if, if she had an advantage somewhere, like, you know, if she had uh, an advantage on the ground or an advantage in the clinch or, you know, some kind of advantage somewhere that was showing in the fight, then you could say, okay, well, you know, just get it there. But they're you know they told her her corner told her between the fourth and the fifth like stick to the game plan and you know this game plan clearly wasn't working mm-hmm.
0: yeah i don't think it was this egregious one that we've had like the anthony smith one against lover to recently uh i don't think it was like that um and i, I wouldn't be mad at no, there wasn't myself, like the but persistent but... damage no.
1: you know there wasn't the persistent damage that there was for example in the rock old weidman fight or the the smith fight as you um or the glover fight, as you mentioned um yeah uh, like i thought it was a bit premature when they started calling for that on the on the commentary but then at the end of the fourth and the fifth i thought the doctor or herb dean might just wave it off but they just cleaned up the coat and sent her back out there
0: yeah it tends to happen to me, i have no
1: problem with it though.
0: yeah it was, it was grand I, I would have rotted the corner stopping it but it wasn't it wasn't the or anything like that um Who's next in for a Manu? who is like looking down through the bandwagon. There's no such thing as maybe, maybe, uh, maybe fucking uh, what's her name, Megan Anderson, uh, at one forty-five in a year's time or something. But in the in the bandwagon, Shashenko
1: again. Like yeah.
0: I don't know. Dana White said no to Chevchenko last night. So I, I think you're better off leaving that fight for a while. Anyway, I think. Like wh- why do it now? I know there's no one else now, but like leave Shevchenko build herself up and win and win and win. L- uh, let Emmanuel Nunes do the same and then do it. Like I, I don't think there's any there's any point of it now. But uh, looking at the rankings, you have Derrynamy Holly Holm. She's already beat her. Then you have Aspen Lad coming up who I don't think will sh- give much of a-, a match up to Emmanuel Nunes? Uh, you have Juliana Pena, who you know she's a good heavy wrestler. Maybe she will. Uh, Irina Aldana she's tall and long and a good striker improving as well She's probably the one I'd like to see uh, fight her. To be honest, in Raquel Pennington, Ketlin Vieira lost her last fight. She was maybe the common mm. uh, woman in that division. So it's,
1: it's probably good that there's kind of like two belts for Amanda Nunes, so two divisions for Amanda Nunes to fight in, just to give a bit of time for some of these these other contenders to kind of build up.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think Erin Aldana should get the next shot to be honest. I'll, I'll, maybe it's too early, as well as you say, give him time to build up. It, I
1: think oh, it's yeah. too early. Like you know, if you if you put like for Spencer in and Aldana in oh, too early, then you know, maybe these would be better fights in, in a year or two, and they're just going to be cakewalks for Dunez right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's probably <laughs> probably is true. Probably going to be cakewalks then as well. But what can we do? She'll ha- she'll have to fight someone. So yeah, you're, do you know what? You're probably actually better off giving her someone who's like a bit long in the tooth, maybe, or a rematch, and. uh and uh, seeing how that goes <laughs> rather than giving her like a new young contender who might actually give her a good fight in six months or a year's time but you know it's interesting to see what wh- way that goes um so yeah i mean i mean Nunes, obviously the goal of felicia spencer you know she's she tough as fucking hell <laughs> you know she took some amount of shots in this fight really really tough and uh you know good performance from her against uh against Amanda and against Chris Cyborg as well. so we'll uh, we'll see where she goes in the future like it'll probably won't be her last title fight I'd say you know because she's so tough in that division if she keeps fighting people she'll if the division keeps existing she'll probably get another one down the line but you sure, we'll see how it goes um then the comment event Cody Garbrandt versus halfway Lassen... so you know, Oof. I, I,
1: serious, serious knockout.
0: Yeah, it was fucking unbelievable. Like I've given Mark Henry a lot, a lot of shit over the, <laughs> over the over the years <laughs> about his uh, technical and not, not technical about his, uh, cornering and about his, uh, about his game planning. But and I, you know, we talked when, when they mentioned Cody Garber and going to train with him, and I thought, it, like, for someone who's who's always been a very good technical striker it's his game planning that he probably needs to improve a little bit and you're going to the exact opposite sort of coach but I think it kind of worked conversely for Cody Garbrandt I think maybe I, I see Cody kind of throwing them kicks and being, like, maybe a little bit more elaborate in terms of what he's throwing. Like, he reminded me a little bit, not totally, no, but in some of the power shots he threw of Edson Barboza, who's obviously trained with with Mark Henry as well. You know, he was kind of sitting down in the shots more and throwing them from a position where maybe he could land more power and be a little bit safe, you know, from a further distance using his lint and reach. And that, thats what Mark Henry obviously instituted in him, and it worked extremely well in this fight. Um, what, we'll get to the knockouts of in a second, but what did you think of Cody's overall performance?
1: yeah it was definitely more patient uh, than usual like his problem has like you know it's well documented it has been kind of you know getting into getting into brawls when you when your chin maybe isn't the best uh, isn't really the best idea when you're that fast and that skilled i don't think anybody doubts how how skilled cody garbrandt is like he showed that against dominic cruz over five rounds like uh you know dominic cruz is so so hard to figure out and Cody Garbrandt kind of, you know, dealt with him better than better than anybody had. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's definitely <clears throat> he's definitely got the talent and the skill. It's it's, it's just the the fight IQ, mm-hmm. and you know he, he he showed really good fight IQ uh, here. Like uh, even on the knockout at the end of the, at the end of the first round, he kind of just took the last ten or after the clapper off, mm-hmm. and just kind of bounced around. And I think maybe Austin thought thought, like that that was what was happening here. Uh, at the end of the second round and then all of a sudden just absolutely face planting into the into the ground <laughs> so um yeah i think the, it was a more calculated and more patient and more grown-up uh, performance from cody it's probably the i'd say the dominic cruz fight is probably the, the best performance of his career but this is probably the second
0: yeah i think it's a different sort of performance to be honest and it's an impressive start performance. You know, we talk about lads like say like an Overeem, who has chin problems throughout his career and changing up his game to fight. Like beforehand, I thought maybe Assenso would be able to change up to fight Cody in such a way where he could test his chin and not maybe not fight an Assenso fight. Fight fight more of a Cody Garban fight. Um, and he, I don't think he really did that in the second. I thought he was winning the second round until the last minute or so. Uh, but he was winning it because he was dodging Cody shots more than anything else which may be an issue as well for Cody like uh, i don't think it was perfect from Cody but i think like <clears throat> i think what Cody did was right uh, let's say you're looking at for, from assen south side what are you going to do against a guy like Cody Garbrandt pick your big shots and try to knock him out cuz his chin is weak like i think that's a good game <laughs> against Cody Garbrandt if you can uh, if you can do it but doing that as well you have to be defensively good he wasn't in the first round, I don't think, and that's down to Cody landing those big shots. I thought Aston South looked, maybe it was just me, but he did he look a bit out of shape as well. He didn't look his usual shape. I, I didn't think he looked great in there, and Cody looked absolutely fantastic. You know, that's one of the things as well in in uh, in lockdown, where it could be an issue in fights coming up, where guys are not getting the same amount of training, uh, but like, taking nothing away from uh, nothing away from Cody. but he yeah. did those
1: leg kicks as well though like they, yeah. like you know that's kind of a new wrinkle like obviously he's thrown leg kicks before but to actually like kind of targeting he even had yeah. you know, I don't know what you'd call those low leg kicks where he kind of dipped his body down like I think Cormier was saying it was like a, a fake takedown into a leg kick but it, it looked kind of I don't know about that I'm not sure I'd have to go back and look at it but it was, it was nice anyway. it was working and it was you know uh Probably like you know something that that Austin Seville hasn't seen and kind of takes you back a bit, yeah. and it's just another another thing to worry about. And obviously, he Aston Sao's lead leg was it was already battered up, and Cody's kind of you know he's known for you know much more bite down of the mouthpiece fights, and mm-hmm. I think this is like you know he's obviously transitioning to a different well, it seems to be transitioning to a different style under under Mark Henry, and I think this was a very good you know example of obviously it can improve but it's a very good example of how this can work really well for Cody.
0: Yeah, I, I think maybe as well. You know, everyone talks about Cody. He gets emotional and he he you know he throws maybe without thinking or everything. Uh, and he's you know his fight IQ is maybe not the best. And I was thinking about last night on the commentary, they were saying about Mark Henry um and the way he's very detailed in like his uh his striking technique, if you know what I mean. Like if Cody's thrown a combination he's going to be thinking what's coming before what's coming during him what's coming after what's coming you know with every shot maybe that's something good for Cody that all all the time he's just thinking of what's the next shot you know he's the like a, a playbook in the NFL what's coming next what's what's going to be coming up no that mightn't work all the time but it might work for someone like Cody Garbrandt who struggles maybe a little bit mentally in terms of like getting emotional in there so uh that's you know if you were to look back at the Dominic Cruz fight you, it feels like that's kind of what he did a little bit he was just uh, and maybe it wasn't the same Dominic Cruz but um I was, I was yeah very impressed but
1: like in, uh, I think before the, the Cody guy or before the Dominic Cruz fight Cody had it was said that Cody had kind of imitated Dominic Cruz in training for a few of the alpha male guys yeah. uh, for a few camps so maybe that kind of you know, because he'd gone, because he was imitating Dominic Cruz, he obviously had to go into a lot of detail, and mm-hmm. that was, my, in my opinion, the best performance of his career. And then with, with a detail oriented guy coming in like Mark Henry, he has probably the second best performance of his career, in my opinion. So, a good boy. Yeah, yeah, I I think time will tell, and obviously when you when your chin when you're knocked out a couple of times, your 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 chin needs a bit of a rest. But uh, you know, he did get he did get hit. You know, he didn't get. Rocked or anything, but he did get hit and it held up. So that's a good sign as well. And um, yeah, like you know, it, it, he was coming off three losses and he was still the favorite against a, a guy like Austin who you know is very hard to look good against, and you know beats a lot of guys and is a very difficult. Is a very difficult uh, opponent and you know Cody was a justified favourite even as favourite people like you know not many I didn't see many people picking ass and So. Mm-hmm. so yeah, there's definitely just <laughs> except you I mean, you're always wrong in, in your picks. so yeah, don't probably. worry about that yeah. but um, yeah I think um, yeah Cody like it's it's uh, it's kind of up to him you know he has all the talent can he can he implement this new style of of not kind of getting brawls I, I think he can yeah um, if he gets into a to a to a kind of trash talking back and forth, or he fights somebody like TJ again, can he can he do it then when there's a lot of emotion? We'll, yeah. we'll see. But in a normal fight, where there's, there's no like kind of you know ex friend baggage going on, I think I think yeah, I think I don't see why not. This this is a very very good style I think for Cody, and you know uh, he could make another run to title. I wouldn't be surprised at all.
0: Yeah, I, mm, yeah, I think you probably can as well, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be as sure of it yet. I think it's, uh, I think it's still a little bit up in the air, but definitely improvements. <clears throat> and it, it, I think it'll tell a lot whether it improves between this fight and the next fight and doing the same thing, or whether the game plan for the next one is not as good because that can be an issue as well. But we'll see. But the knockout before, obviously, before we move on, like it was a fantastic knockout. The way he picked it out, It reminded me out of, of, of the knockout from snatch. <laughs> he just like turned
1: around, boom,
0: gone. Um...
1: Yeah, it was like a comedy faceplant, like yeah. a, like a movie faceplant.
0: Like it was one of those chaos where. You don't really see it happening. It's like all oh, the rounds over, and boom! Oh shit, he's not—he's knocked out. He's—I uh, was like, is was that before the bell? Was that after the bell? And They showed the replay. Obviously, it was literally just before the bell. He like his face hit the ground at the same time as the bell went, and it was—it was fucking clattering. But it was—it was lovely the way he threw. He like dipped down, it, like it wasn't as if he was going dipping down to go for a takedown or anything. It was very unusual, you know. It was—it was like a. And a movement that would maybe draw someone into throwing a shot, or or else like render them just like looking at him do nothing, and he pop back up and landed with that big, big right hand. And I think, I think Essensau actually blocked the right hand a little bit in terms of like it just skimmed off his glove as Cody was throwing it, and Cody still fucking flatlined the <laughs> the power in that. Imagine if he didn't block it a little bit, like the power in that was huge. Beautiful knockout, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was like he coiled up and just like sprung sprung into action. And I think there is like a, you know, in the last ten seconds of the round after there is like a kind of thing where people do maybe switch off at five or ten percent or a little bit anyway. Uh some fighters and especially when it's like, you know, one second ago, they kind of nearly counted the ten in their head. And you do see like, you know, um I think it was last week one of the I can't remember which fight it was, but one of the guys walked away started walking away with like one second ago and got got clattered as he was kinda facing the opposite way do you remember yeah. which fight that was oh
0: yeah
1: uh, was it... oh I can't mm, remember but it was last
0: man. week anyway
1: yeah yeah there, there is a kind of thing where you do kind of have a little maybe a little less concentration in that moment and as I mentioned in the first round Cody had kind of just kind of coasted the last 10 or so seconds as well so maybe that was in essence I was around he thinks I can I can just kind of kind of weighed in here a bit and cody's not going to throw back and the, kind of they always say the, the ones you, you don't expect or don't see coming are the, the ones that put you out
0: well i wrote a poll there over on patreon who got the better ko last night cody garbrandt or sean o'malley which one do you think was better <laughs>
1: oh they're both like they're both really really good they're, like the, the fact that like cody's is like right on the buzzer and is a kind of unique knockout is is uh, definitely a pro for that, but the, the fact the faint, the, the uppercut faint from O'Malley was so beautiful. I think the standard of opponent is higher in the Cody fight as well. It's it's a tough one. It's a tough one. The face plant is always nice as well, in terms of the KO. Yeah. I probably just lean towards Cody a little bit, just because of the, the you know, it was I was fully expecting Sean O'Malley to knock out Eddie Wineland as well, which I think probably. Just about gives it to Cody for me.
0: Yeah, the Cody one is just ahead by three votes here, so it's it's close. I, what do you think? I, I don't know. I, it's I'd, a lot fun, isn't it? It's they're to me they're very similar, and you know, knockouts. They're start, like turn the guy's fucking lights out. I I would go for the Cody one because I thought he blocked uh, he blocked a little bit and he still knocked him out. Whereas the O'Malley one, I'm very much nitpicking here, but I watched it back a couple of times. And I'm like. I don't think it was as powerful a shot as maybe Eddie Wineland made it look. If you, and I'm, Jesus, I'm not, you know, I'm not taking away anything from O'Malley or Eddie Weinland here now, I'm, but I don't know. I feel like that wouldn't have knocked other guys out, spark call like that. Uh, so
1: yeah, well, like we crazy. kind of mentioned it. I'm not sure if it was the last podcast or the betting preview show that Eddie Wineland is a little bit chinny like, and mm-hmm. you know, um, the way he went there kind of showed that again.
0: Yeah. Uh, sure. While we're talking about that fight, we might as well talk about it and we'll, we'll circle back then. Uh, I thought Eddie Wineland came out and he was landing a few shots in that fight.
1: Um, uh, yeah, that's oh. such a weird, herky jerky <laughs> yeah, torso it. moving all over the place.
0: Every, every fight Eddie Wineland has. If you saw a silhouette of Eddie Wineland fighting, you'd know it was Eddie Wineland. All right, Joe. Right. 240 cars. <laughs> He's like a fire hydrant. Oh, yeah, no, that's Jimmy uh But yeah, look, the, obviously the fight didn't. um the fight didn't go very long, and you know, only went a minute and fifty-four seconds. Uh, you know, as as I said, Eddie Wyndham was doing okay, but O'Malley kind of quickly took over. I thought he was, you know, when you're that much bigger and when you're faster and just more powerful, it's it's tough. Yeah. And um, O'Malley
1: looked his body just looked better, mm-hmm. he more mature. I think, like you know, <laughs> two years off or that obviously isn't no ideal, but like it, 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 I think I saw, I think I saw that mentioned seems to have served him well. Like yeah, uh, uh, we we'll probably talk way. about. We'll talk about Hooper later, but I think maybe, you know, it's too early for some of these guys. They come in, they make a big splash, and people expect, and we're guilty of it as well, and want too much for them too early. And, you know, people like Max Holloway, for example, came in at a similar age. And, you know, the difference between Max Holloway then and Max Holloway in his prime is, is a different fighter. So you're saying Conor
0: McGregor's win against Max Holloway was just rubbish, like not, not, well, not,
1: like you know the, the the Max Holloway that when he was 18, and the Max Holloway yeah. when he was the champion is just a completely different fighter. Yeah, I
0: know. I might take the piss. Yeah, but you're you're 100 right, and that's what I always say. Even with Irish fighters coming up, you know, you make yourself a better fighter in five years than you are now. Like, and the problem I think with a lot of guys coming up is they don't. T- they think they're the best in the world now like you know and i'm sure not maybe they'd say that and they don't actually think it but uh yeah it, w- the best in the world always do that like they always become noticeably better look at Parry's fights even over the last while. i've done that a few times recently just because of his fights and rewatches and things just a Way superior fighter now than he was uh, he was before, and you could say the same about yeah. lots of everyone who gets to the very top. Um, yeah, you know, like season. Henry Cejudo, watch his yeah. first
1: couple of UFC fights, and watch watch him now or just before he retired in quotation marks.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of retiring going on. Uh, Neil Magney versus Anthony Rocco Martin. <sighs> I, I, I'll be honest. I went out and I got leftover barbecue, made myself a nice little roll, bit of coleslaw, bit of potato salad, bit of, um, bit of chicken. I didn't really watch this fight, Graham. What
1: happened? Um sorry which fight did you say there
0: <laughs> exactly Neil Magny Anthony oh, Rocco yeah, yeah
1: yeah um yeah um I I thought Magny just edged the first round um I saw a lot of people giving it for uh, Tony Martin or uh, uh, oh, Tony you're you right yeah. Yeah. Anthony Martin <laughs> um yeah uh, that's so strange the way like the, like you didn't think it was a different guy It's just never called Tony anymore yeah, but um yeah, I thought I thought Magny just edged the first round. Like I have to go back and watch. I haven't watched this back or anything, but uh, I thought he edged the first round. I thought uh, Rocco won the won the second round, and then obviously Magny completely dominated the the third round. Uh, I saw a lot of people saying it was the wrong decision, but yeah. in I thought Magny was pretty pretty. I, I I have to go back and watch it, but I I didn't have I thought Magny was going to win the decision when it was being read, and was surprised that most people or a lot of people seem to have it the other way.
0: Yeah. Fair play, Chip. Uh
1: <laughs> you
0: know, I'm not going back to Magny just you
1: know just piled on the on the pressure you know um yeah. and just kind of wore wore Tony Martin down and uh if it had gone longer I think probably Magny would have got the finish and uh yeah the first round was close like, I'd have to go back and watch it but uh, I wasn't surprised at the time I was more surprised at people thinking that uh, Rocco Martin had one.
0: Yeah. And what about this aljamain Sterling um Oof. fight? Fucking brilliant. Like this yeah, is
1: it's exploded out of the gate and just looking dominated
0: just really they dominate like just pushed him against the cage I thought land, land had the it, like on.
1: initially i thought he had mm-hmm. the initial kind of way it was, okay it wasn't exactly under the chin, but it was crushing we've seen guys go out even from stuff like that before you know even if it's not under the chin and i thought that was going to be it because the guys are dry and sandhagen in fairness like fought out of it but sterling just like readjusted and sunk it in and the second he sunk it in you knew it was over because you know when you're, there's no sweat and a guy that good and that that quick and you know uh, Sandeig just ha- didn't have any answers
0: yeah when he like when he came out so fast right he Got he pushed him against the cage and got his back standing and got it down to the ground and when he got that body triangle right and then he got the face crank as you were talking about or the neck crank or the, the fucking face bar as I like to call him.
1: chin crusher <laughs> yeah
0: and he got out of it But then he couldn't get out of the body triangle. I was like, fucking hell, what's he going to do here? And like... He had a lot of time to work in that position. As well. What time did it end? It ended in one minute twenty-eight. A lot happened in one minute twenty-eight, and there was a lot of fucking time to go as well. When you're stuck in a body triangle and you literally can't get out of it, like that was that was such a fucking tough position to be stuck in. Like against someone yeah, like Al- Al- Aljo, so good
1: on the ground, yeah. you know. Like it's it's yeah, he's so good on the ground. Like and when he has your back like that and you're 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 dry and fresh, it's it's very difficult. And you know we talk about Aljo a lot, like and sometimes he doesn't put it together, but you know from recent results and from that fight like you know i think it's I think it's time to start talking about title shots uh, i think he's ready like uh, you know if he had a we were talking about guys developing like if he had a gone in there a few like you know a few years ago when he kind of exploded or broke onto the scene you know he, he probably would have been you know uh, obviously he ended up losing to Marais and it kind of I don't know it was kind of a freak freakish knockout in a little way obviously it was thrown and it knocked him out but it was a bit unlucky from Aldo's side but besides that if you look at his record I think he's even including that I think he's ready for ready for a title shot and he, like we can always talk about can he put it all together you know seems he can and I think that's a big confidence booster as well for him and you know uh, he like he's a very difficult matchup for absolutely anybody. Like on on that performance,
0: do you know? It, it, one of these fights, and it's it's the most, it's the weirdest thing to say. But like a fight like this, where he goes out and just dominates him and finishes him in seconds, right? Or Masvidal versus Askren or McGregor versus Aldo, you they win so quickly and so easily. It feels like it's not as impressive. It, like. Do you ever? I don't know. Maybe it's just meeting it up. But I think there is a thing like that. It's like we don't realize how good they are because they didn't get enough time to show us how good they are. And like. I think this one is a very good example of that because it's Corey Sandhagen. I watched a lot of him during the last two weeks and stuff. We and I don't think we'd given him enough credit before, and or by Bobo Balde as well. Fair play to him, but he was obviously he's wrong now. <laughs> but uh, we, um, I, I watched a good bit of him. like he's a very, very good fighter, smart, good in all places. And Sterling just went out and fucking railroaded him. Like he just destroyed him in what uh, sixty-eight or eighty-eight seconds. Just made it look easy. And as you say. You know, is he ready for a title shot? Of course, he's ready for a title shot. He should be getting it way before, um, Jose Aldo. Arguably, he should be getting it before Yan, But I think him versus Yan, like, there's an argument to be made that the two best bantamweights in the world aren't fighting for the bantamweight title. Like, you could call Cejudo and uh, Aljamain the two best bantamweights in the world, <laughs> like they're both not fighting for the title. So <clears throat> it's that fight. As much as I actually like that fight, I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a good fight. Uh, you know, I, Aljamain definitely deserves it. And even last night, you know, Cody Garbrandt and Asensio was above him on the card as the co-main event. And I know it's probably because Cody was the ex-champion. And they think he might be a bit of a star or whatever. Like you know, give give this guy a bit of credit. He deserves a lot more credit. And you know, Cody Sandhagen deserves a credit as well. We must uh, not take away from him. He's a very good fighter. And Aljamain Sterling showed, you know, that he's just. Uh, a different level is absolutely fantastic and speaking of God... yeah,
1: like sterling just made him look like any other guy basically yeah, like just, an, and also like you know a late replacement guy or something He just ran through him like why am i even fighting this guy mm-hmm. like you know he made it look like fucking joe Lozon versus Gabe Ruder. yeah <laughs> was... do you remember that voice like he just like, <laughs> him, like, just, like uh, i'm way better than you at this
0: yeah that that happens a lot actually <laughs> you know not uh, speaking of that, Alex Caceres versus Chase Hooper very <sighs> much happened. <laughs> yeah, we, you know we we talked about it on the betting show a lot, and it was like, right, we I, we both picked Chase. I'm pretty sure, and we we thought he'd get it done. But like, there's it, it, depending on what Alex Caceres turns up against someone like Chase Hooper, who's new, young, coming in, there's a very good <laughs> chance that he puts on something like this. And maybe we, you know, maybe there was a bigger chance than we we gave. But we did definitely talked about it. like, I what. It was one of those fights where I picked the other guy, I thought he'd win, and then I wasn't one bit surprised
1: when he got, you know, schooled. about, like, 15 seconds in, and I was like, oh, this this isn't going to go well for J. Super. (laughs) Yeah, it
0: was just, like, Caceres literally just came out and jabbed him up for the whole fight. Uh, Hooper, like I just don't think he's physically strong enough to play a jujitsu yeah, like first a, game. It's
1: like he, he's like a boy. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like you know he, he needs time to grow into his body, I think, and get more strength. You know, Alex Casares is a big guy, but he's not the he's not the strongest grappler or anything like that in the division by by a long way. And if Hooper's going to make it to the top, he has a long long way to go. Like he needs to needs to fight, you know, guys with way less experienced than Alex Gutierrez.
0: Yeah, like, imagine him fighting a Volkanovski or someone like that and trying to get him to the ground and use his jiu-jitsu. That's just not going to happen, like... You know, and this is... This is a prime example of a jiu-jitsu first... approach it's just not going to work like if he like yeah. you look when at you're, him, when
1: you're like okay he's a tough kid he, he's trying to get through but like he's, he's if he keeps fighting guys that are experienced like long-term UFC veterans he's gonna take a lot of damage <laughs> like yeah. a lot of damage like um like there was a lot of hype behind him and you, after one fight you don't want to say like you know maybe it's better you go off and come back to the UFC or something but mm-hmm. like I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world. Like, we've seen that work for for guys in the past. Or even if he just fights on kind of lower, like, lo- not pay-per-views, just random fight nights, not as the main event, just kind of fly under the radar for a little bit against some decent matchups. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that would be probably the best thing for him. Like, But even then, like, he needs – his striking has to get significantly better. I think he'd be better off putting on a load of muscle and going up with it um, because, I, like, it's – he just looks so physically weak in there against, as you mentioned, Alex Casera is not the strongest guy in the world. You know, we even see Crown Grace; he just got to hold of him once and pull him down. Okay, Crown is very good, but we've seen lots of guys doing that to him before. But you know, maybe he'll grow into his frame as well because uh, you know, Alex Casera is the man. Chase Hooper is very much a boy still at the moment. You know, he, I'm sure he'll get uh, he'll grow into his frame a little bit more. But yeah, it's too early. They were saying in the commentary; I think it was good. The, the, yeah. Let's let's talk about the commentary for a second. There was some good bits about the commentary but like and I there was more people actually agree with me yesterday. A lot of people don't usually agree with me. They love DC and they love Joe Rogan and stuff, but I thought it was fucking unbearable, uh, like DC and Ro- Joe Rogan. Like it's
1: at oh one stage, at on stage, uh, was like, "Oh, Justin cagey was on my podcast, and he said about these calf kicks, and that's going to be part of his game plan against Gabe." Gabe, Daniel cheers. Just imagine, fucking Justin cagey cheers, Joe. Yeah. Fuck's uh, sake!
0: Win, like two million people here,
1: anyway. Sorry, but oh, it's like, yeah, but like, you know, you don't need to hammer it, it home. <laughs> uh, I, I think it was, like... especially when there's like a thing of calf kicks going on in the, in <laughs> yeah. the cage at the time. It kind of reinforces that this is a danger. It
0: is a danger. Everyone's throwing fucking calf kicks. So, yeah, we were, uh, we, were, we were talking about them we were
1: talking about them for years, That's yeah. A
0: fact. That's a fact. But, yeah, uh, I might got. I don't know. What do you think about Frank the
1: commentary? Frank Yeager made them <laughs> popular in for you, didn't he? <laughs> made, made, uh, he he made, brought your love to a...
0: We you haven't said uh, Frank Gager made Grey Manor look like a world-class boxer in a long time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well people haven't been pretending like Frankie Yeager is like 908 world champion in waiting yeah. since so, I like, don't really need to anymore
0: yeah that's true but um, yeah look the commentary I won't complain about it anymore it was shite they're just uh, like you wrote, uh, DC last week with Michael Misping wasn't as bad I like DC on his own I think he's good because he can just go off and talk and talk and talk and I think he's good at that uh, Rogan with Dominic Cruz I think is good because they have a good back and forth so it's not like I hate both of them Uh, but both of them together DC and Rogan they just can't like...
1: yeah, Rogan has a way of turning people into like Brendan Job oh or yeah oh. Like, I don't know what's going on like.
0: <laughs> that is exactly it that is exactly it fucking Daniel Job going around in there oh it's just he just, he just tries to impress Rogan for seven hours like and there's some of that is funny there are definitely funny bits throughout it but it's just too much, like, it's too... We're, we're watching the fucking fights here. Talk about the fights, <laughs> you know, had some say There was one of the fights that started off, and they spent, like, a minute and a half just, like, laughing about nothing, and then John, John Anik, like, had to bring him back around. It was embarrassing, like, it was really fucking embarrassing. And I know, you know, I, I, I like some of it, and some of it's very funny, but... It's just, it's too much with them. It really is too much of them. Like, I think there's enough. If you have Daniel Carmier by himself, he'll say something funny a couple of times. If you have Rogan by himself, he'll say something funny a couple of times. But when it's the two of them, they're just, like, laughing and joking for the whole fucking night. It's too much, like... It's it's too much, but... Anyway. <coughs> Ian Hynish, uh Fucking... Big country, Ryan Nelson-style. Dip, dip down, overhand right, windmill, swing, knockout, Gerald Marshart, beautiful. Um, KO, after... 74 seconds uh, uh,
1: more shade on uh, Brendan (laughs) Shab.
0: oh yeah (laughs) it wasn't meant to be but it is in fact but uh, yeah very good by by Ian Heinish Cody's the man obviously was it his brother he lost uh, during the week and then he came in his
1: little brother uh, end of May I think it was was it which is
0: very sad obviously and he came out and he beat Brian Keller unanimous decision and Great interview yeah, afterwards. You know, where, fucking yeah, most yeah. Must be you can so see so how fun. emotional
1: he was, and obviously, yes, yeah, like I've never had anything like that happen. But it, you know, fair play to him, like for, for going through with it. Like uh, I don't know. I suppose it's keep your mind occupied is maybe part of it, or do it for your brother or whatever. But still, it's such a. I'd say he's mentally, mentally and physically drained now. Yeah,
0: Jesus. Yeah, the, like, the, the level, the levels of drain he must be are. Or... Just unbelievable and look, fantastic performance by him as well. You know, not you know, not a world-beating performance or anything like that. But he went in there and you know beat Brian Keller down. We talked about Brian Keller last week. He seems to be a guy who's good when he gets on a roll, you know. And he knocked the guy out two or three weeks ago and coming straight back in here and he he beat him. So it wasn't. And Brian Keller, I thought he fought all right as well. He landed his few shots and things, but Cody Saman just just a better fighter yeah. here and great win for him. So very good. Um,
1: yeah, Saman Saman just a difficult matchup, but you know Keller did. You know, knew, knew he was down and went for it, but uh, yeah, he just he just kind of got got outmatched, outclassed.
0: Yeah, 100% as well. Uh, Mackie Patolo beat Charles Burt. It's funny, actually, I was watching like one of those UFC previews during the weekend, Do you know, that Johnny the Greek or something. He gave, like, his bet for the week. He's like, lock for the week was Charles Burt to win. I'm like, oh, really, Johnny? Oh, is that right? Even though all my three bets were fucking wrong as well, but anyway. Uh, so, yeah, Mackie Patolo won that one. Uh, Alex Perez, I thought he looked great, oh. you know. <laughs> you yeah. called it. those fucking low legy. This was a. This wasn't a legy TKO. This was a legy KO. He, he kicked him, and the fight was stopped. That's a fucking KO. Like he knocked. But him it, out it, like leg-y. it
1: barely even landed. It was just yeah. a, the damage was already done. The way, I suppose, the way for me, I kind of clutched at his leg. I don't know if he hadn't clutched at his leg like that, I don't think the ref would have stopped it. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it was just yeah. Uh, it was just the damage was already done there and I think Formiga had enough basically.
0: Yeah, there was too many Even though. He'd landed so many, as you say. And that's a big thing yeah. I think as well for referees. They look at the whole fight and they see the accumulation of shots and when you take one too many and you're just not in it anymore, that's it. Like and I think it was I think it was a grand stoppage. I don't think it was one of those stoppages where Juicy Formiga wanted it stopped, you know? And when that's the yeah. case I think it's yeah. You can't complain about
1: it. So. If you don't want it stopped, you don't grab your leg and kind of, you know, the way he did.
0: Yeah, true. Uh, Devin Clark, Alonzo Minifield. I thought it was uh, a learning fight for uh, for both of them. And they said before, Devin Clark had said to uh, to DC that he was never in a fight before. <laughs> and he came out here and got hit with one shot. And he was like curling up like fucking Brock Lesnar. I was like, all right. He, yeah, of course he wasn't. But then I looked at it and it was like, all right, he just like destroyed his fucking eye socket. He. And, you know, when, for someone who's never been in a fight, you know, he's been wrestling and stuff like that, he did unbelievably well to come back and stand it against a guy who hits really hard like Alonzo Minifield, uh, came on and won... Uh, I, I, like I talked the first one Clark came out obviously immediately across the cage he went for the takedown but he fucking broke his eye socket. and Minifield won that round I think in the second there was lots of exchanges and Clark was landing the better shots landed a big combination late and in the third Clark was uh, was grappling I think it was close as well but he landed two late shots again so I think he he, did, he deserved to win it but uh, you know Minifield as, like a big guy who lands big shots I, I think he'll be back I think Clark <sighs> I think Minifield has a higher ceiling to be honest than Clark but you know when you're to prove you're kind of yeah. tough like that and you have good skills as well. You know, I could see him improving, but
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's definitely a learning curve for for Mernifield. like uh he just needs to to be in better shape if he's going to try and fight like that or he just needs to round out his game. He definitely has we saw he has a lot of power like and that'll go a long way, <laughs> you know, uh, if he can just kind of if he can just kind of learn all the the basics. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, indeed. And in the first fight in the card, Herbert Burns versus Evan Dunham. Um Evan Dunham, just destroyed by mm. Herbert Burns basically. It got yeah. lovely choke and that was that. Uh, you know, Evan Dunham
1: it's like a relic from a yeah. bygone era. <laughs> <He> was, <laughs> it was like
0: uh your man uh, Matt Wyman when he came back there recently. He just like looked like he wasn't in it at all. But yeah, not great. Um Right, then next week's card not great at all? Main event: Jessica I versus Cynthia Cavio Carl Robertson, Marvin Vittori in that fight that has been put on about seven a, times. A
1: promo for the Jessica I fight was. Did you see that? It was so strange. Oh, what was it? I didn't. Really I didn't catch it. the whole thing, but it was just like walking into the. Oh, it's just boring. Like.
0: This has to be one of the worst cards in UFC history. and I, You know, you put that up and someone will say, oh, well, you can't judge the card until it happens. But, like, we can look at the quality of the people on it and the ranked fighters on it and see if they win, what difference is actually going to make. And there isn't a single fight in this that's going to make any blind bit of difference to anyone. Like, not a thing. <laughs> it's just it's ru- like it's rubbish. This card is rubbish. It's going to be a long night but uh, like there's some there's some good fighters Mirash uh, Durashvili versus uh, Ray Borg Ray Borg
1: yeah Andre
0: <laughs> Feely I was like seeing him fighting but I, I'm a big fan of Charles Rosa too there's some good fighters on it and stuff but nothing nothing of note so hmm.
1: that be Jordan best. Espinoza <laughs> and Mark De La Rosa fight probably be one of the better fights on the card and if, if that was on if that was on like a, a good card, it would probably be the first fight of the night.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. Anyway, right, we better talk about <laughs> this old, uh Conor McGregor. Thanks for the cheese. Retirement again. Um, so, right after the card finished last night, Conor McGregor came on Twitter, and this is exactly what he tweeted. Hey, guys, I've decided to retire from fighting. Thank you for all the amazing memories. What a ride it's been. Here is a picture of myself and my mother in Las Vegas. Uh, post one of my world title wins pick the home of your dreams mags love you whatever you desire it's yours and a picture of himself and his mother uh, did an interview with Ari Lawani afterwards said that he's kind of sick of the waiting around sick of the UFC because every fight that he talks about uh, they kind of throw back in his face and want to do a different one when he says one weight they want to do another weight uh, and just seemed very frustrated with it all and um, Obviously this isn't the first time he's retired and he's come back before. Uh so Graham <laughs> I've, you know MMA retirements usually are are very much uh <laughs> very much a thing that don't stand but with your boy Colin McGregor what do you think do you think this is it for McGregor?
1: well like i don't know any more than you but i think what you said there it's from the both of them especially the ariel interview afterwards it sounds like frustration like you said it just mm-hmm. sounds like being fed up and uh, that's what it sounds like to me but i have no i have no other information that you don't have mm-hmm. but you know as i always say with mma retirements you know looking forward to your next fight
0: <laughs> yeah probably like uh, the interesting thing with mcgregor's okay he said uh and I'm amazed you didn't pick up on this straight away but he said I'd like to retire from fighting now fighting <laughs> Graham when you said someone would like to retire from fighting what, what what would that spark in your head there straight away
1: well yeah I don't know if um, yeah like these are combat sports contracts as far as I'm mm-hmm. uh, as I know for maybe maybe Connor has a special contract that most UFC fighters uh, don't have. But I don't... Yeah, I don't see the UFC being um, too happy with that if if Connor wanted to go back to boxing. But, um, yeah. uh, Like, the last time he did it, he kind of negotiated
0: himself into a boxing match and then the UFC kind of came along. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened again, to be honest. But I don't know. Like, it feels like... It doesn't really feel like that, I suppose. Maybe I'm just reading into it too much, uh, because I kind of thought that's what you do. But maybe not, but like I think, you know, there there could be a lot of things with McGregor. Now he's a lot of different things uh, inside and outside of the cage, which take up his time and could take up lots of time and stuff. So we don't know. Maybe we'll find out something over the next while. But um, like, if you're looking at it from just a fighting point of view, uh, it, like it feels like. That, you know, as he said to Ariel, you know, even if he hadn't said it to Ariel, we could probably, we could probably decipher it for ourselves that he kind of probably wants a fight, and he's talked about that season, and we talked about it for a long time as well, uh, where he needed to get back to his best, he needs those fights, and... He just yeah. hasn't been He mentioned
1: in the interview with Ariel, he mentioned like the, he wanted to have the season and the whole world went mad. And uh, At the end, he says something along the lines of, uh, or what is it, we'll see what the future holds, but for right now, for the immediate future, 2020, all the best to it. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't seem, it doesn't sound like a closed, finished, final decision. But maybe, you know, if, if the, like for Witsahudo, if these guys don't get what they want, or maybe, you know... If if they're they feel they're not being valued or they're not being taken seriously or they're being they're being you know messed with, maybe they will walk away. But with MMA, MMA retirements, so I know how driven these guys are, how competitive these guys are. Um, yeah, I'm always very um, skeptical of any M- MMA retirement when the guy isn't mid forties.
0: Yeah, I. Do you know what I think here? I think it's a very interesting time to retire from MMA. It usually isn't. It usually isn't any bit interesting at all. But the fact that in the last, what, two, two, three weeks, Conor McGregor has retired. Henry Cejudo has retired. John Jones basically has retired. Nate Diaz has basically retired. Uh, Masvidal has basically retired. There's probably one or 2 I'm forgetting in there as well. Like It's interesting. Like I feel like you know, the UFC are losing money... Uh, in the pandemic, obviously when they can't have crowds and everything like that, but they're not losing the amount of money that would cripple the UFC or or force them to have pay cuts or anything like that. They're still getting their, their huge, um, their huge money from ESPN. They're not having to uh, pay for like, Traveling to a place, put everyone else, put you know, put everyone up in up in fucking Florida, or well, Florida, they didn't Florida, but in Yeah, well, Ireland, they're in the Apex
1: it definitely yeah. takes a few some cost away. They probably like have extra cost costs with the with the of precautions course, yeah. for coronavirus or whatever. But I don't see that being too too high.
0: Yeah, it's not it's not crippling them at all. But they seem to be playing the poor like the playing the poor mode, like the. It costs an awful lot to put on these events as well, like uh, pre-pandemic. like The WWE, I'm pretty sure that their house shows actually were money losers, so they're actually earning more money now (laughs) than uh, than they were beforehand. And that will tell you how expensive it is to put on those shows, and obviously the pandemic thing as well probably takes away a little bit from that, but... um, it it's not the point I'm making here is it's not crippling on them financially. I'm sure it's not the best. They they'd rather it be the other way around. But it's not as if they couldn't affa- afford to pay Conor McGregor more, or they couldn't afford to pay John Jones more, or you know whatever it might be. The thing about McGregor is, you know, we talked about it before, and we said, would he want to fight? And he kind of intimated that he would fight during the pandemic. um. But he came out, obviously, he said, the he doesn't feel it anymore. He doesn't know if it's a crowd or not. So maybe maybe we were wrong there. But I, f- I feel like the UFC wouldn't want Conor McGregor to fight now. I feel like, and John Jones as well, I feel like they'd want them to wait until the crowd come back so they can draw big money at MSG or Las Vegas or wherever it is. Like, because th- those... You know, we talk about let's say this Icarvio fight that is drawn what three thousand people in a small arena or whatever it is. If they if they were doing that as a main event, where if it's Conor McGregor or John Jones, especially McGregor, they're drawing a big, big gate. So maybe that would be the the game changer and why they're doing it with them, But I don't know. It's it's interesting to see how the pay per view numbers will look last night. If it's still big and if it's still you know uh, over and above what it would normally be, like it was for the Ferguson Gaethje fight then I think it'd be a good time to have McGregor back because you'd make that back that money again, but I don't know, for, like from the UFC, like,
1: side you, of I don't know, can we, can we trust these numbers that have been given out by like ESPN and UFC yeah. or the, you know, like Direct TV or whatever was kind of like a third party in a way, like even though they're obviously investing in it, but they had like, you know, other pay per views and stuff, and we—they weren't even given direct numbers or anything. But we had a kind of general idea from Dave Meltzer. But now I don't know how accurate these numbers are at all. And you know, Dana White's out there saying that oh, we're huge at the moment. and All these MMA reporters are surely noticing on their websites all these extra views and all. But in reality, it's like people losing their jobs and stuff. And and yeah. like this is not this huge uprising in 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 uh, interest and money from from what I what I've heard anyway. But maybe maybe you know we we do we do see um you know over time the uc has kind of become on national tv or not national tv but it was on fox but it's on espn now and it's on sports center and all that stuff mm-hmm. so it's kind of more in the public consciousness than it ever has been it's more accepted there's no real talk of ah oh, this is barbaric anymore you don't really hear that anymore if we of the mainstream mm-hmm. so maybe maybe people who weren't interested before and who don't really go to websites or casually watching it or people who don't really interact with the community but I don't see some big upturn in in um interest like Dana seems to be uh, hinting at or saying
0: I don't know I I think I feel like the pay-per-view numbers that they released for that one were correct because I think they have done a great job of not getting the pay-per-view numbers leaked, uh, you know, since they've gone to ESPN+. Plus, you know, Meltzer hasn't had them, No, nobody has had them. But the one, I think maybe they've done it twice, well, at least once anyway, uh, it has been when the numbers were high. <laughs> you know, so obviously they're not going to release them when they're low, but when they do release them when they're high, I think, you know, I think, uh, I think that's a sign that maybe, you know... that they're true you know that the the numbers are actually good yeah
1: but say say a pay-per-view does like Mm 405,000 then it's like yeah we did half a million yeah, well, telling me we that half a minute, you know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so. he would, he would be surprised? Yeah,
0: I wouldn't be surprised. Doesn't half a minute way better than four hundred and twelve thousand
1: or four hundred and fifteen or whatever, yeah, you know?
0: Well, like, I think it's a very interesting, and especially and as who's well, gonna be
1: like, like, who's going to be like, no, 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 ESPN are going to be like, no, 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 or do you, you're going to be like, no, no, no. So you can just say whatever you want, basically.
0: Yeah, I, I, I must find out as well. You know, we ESPN are paying the equivalent of 500,000 buys there or thereabouts for every UFC pay-per-view. So it doesn't matter whether they they get more or less. Uh, And I don't know if it matters whether they get more or whether they get more money. I'd assume they would, but I don't know that 100%. But if they get 100,000 pay-per-view buys, they'll still get the amount of money for 500,000
1: so yeah if the next deal comes around maybe they you that's know, it yeah. yeah
0: but you see like I thought it was very very interesting Masfalal and Jones both of their thanks for the cheese tweets they both had ESPN written in it I think that's very interesting like I wonder do ESPN have a responsibility here to if they want to draw people in that maybe they're going to have to maybe not in pay the money themselves but maybe encourage UFC to pay extra money to get a Masvidal or to get him a McGregor to get him a uh, Jones to fight so that they'll draw in more money and earn more money from pay-per-view like I think that's a very interesting I don't think this is completely the UFC here like before with Fox I think it, it was and uh you know before everyone else before that as well it probably was but ESPN or you know they call themselves the world leader in sport and I think you know, Masvidal and Jones are both with the same company in terms of management. Um, so I don't think you can kind of la- let that apart. And so what do you think? I suppose we talked about the Jones laws and we talked about McGregor and on. And we'll get maybe get back to McGregor in a second. But what do you think of the Masvidal thing? You know, there was talks that he was being offered less to fight Usman than he did for the Diaz fight. Like. <laughs> I, that's that's just... Look, in my head, when I think about it first, it just seems wrong. But then when you think about it a little bit more, it's like... Diaz is a way bigger draw than uh, Usman is. Yeah,
1: and, and it's for a belt, in quotation marks. The yeah. UFC can can say, like, you know, the UFC aren't giving you that belt just to... Like, they're not just going to do it just for the crack, make that belt. They're going to use it against you in any way they can as well.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it's... If you're a Masvidal, why would you not go back and look for the Diaz fight? Like, you did, like, a week ago, so... Yeah, like, it's, it's it's an interesting one. It's a very interesting time to see what things go, you know. Where's Conor McGregor going to go? He might be different from all of them, but it, it, maybe he's not. Maybe they're all in this same boat, you know. There's been talks of unions and everything like that. I don't think that's going to happen. It's, actually, you see the Athletic did, um, and I'm uh, very sad to see all of, uh, a lot of door, those lads get uh, get let go as well. Uh, Chad Dundas, Chuck Mindenhall, uh, Dan up and Josh Gross, I think, so... Some great talent there, but they did uh, they did the survey that said if you had to pick someone to be the head of the MMA uh fighters' union, who would it be? And the majority said Conor McGregor well not the majority, but the highest number said Conor McGregor. I was like, What? what? They, like, <laughs> As someone who knows Conor McGregor, do you think he'd be good in that role?
1: Like if he wanted it really badly for some reason <laughs> but you know, when you're when Like these guys obviously can't really make a union as far as I know as well like it has to be kind of like one of these associations been tried so many times and just kind of goes nowhere even if you have GSP and you have all these guys even what was the last one? They had like Bjorn Rebney, and then yeah. they made an announcement, and then like the next day, even the fighters at the announcement were like distancing themselves. COVID yeah. was, yeah, Mexico. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> yeah, I was just like yeah, GSP said Do you want to come along. I was like, yeah, yeah sounds sure, good, why mate. Not?
0: Yeah, it was very odd, but uh, yeah, like I think probably why people voted for McGregor was that it would take someone like him to kind of maybe refuse the fight to get things to change. But even with the UFC, they don't care. They'll they'll keep on going anyway. But. Yeah, look, it's an interesting time in the world of MMA, and especially for Conor McGregor, like, he's he's retired before, but, like, it feels like maybe he's in a, and I'm not saying he's retired 100%, but it feels like he's maybe in a different place now, he's not fought much in the last while, and he kind of knows what it's like, I suppose, to not be fighting, and when you're in that position where you know what it's like not to be fighting after fighting for 10 years of your career, and then you say you're kind of still sick of it, that... That's not a good sign, I don't think, you know, in terms of, like, where his head is at. Where We've talked for the last year about McGregor has his head been in the game. And he basically came out to Ariel and said his head's not in the game now, that he's not feeling anymore, he doesn't like the way it's going. And, you know, maybe that's just something he feels like at fucking six o'clock in the morning. We all all feel like that at times, you know, but um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's something he'll feel different in a week's time, but...
1: Yeah, it's hard to know if this is, you know, negotiating. Yeah. We ne- we never know. Like every time like Henry Zahour or anybody retires, we always it's always ah, they'll be back or oh is this a negotiation tool or is this frustration or we, we the, the first conclusion we don't jump to is oh, uh, they probably want to retire but just because history tells us that these guys are fierce competitors and when you're in your early 30s and it's just extremely extremely rare for these guys to actually retire and stay retired.
0: Yeah, very true. Speaking of MMA Retirements, we'll answer maybe one or two questions before we get out. What do you think of this uh, Alexander Gustafsson versus Fabrizio Verdun fight at heavyweight?
1: I think it's a nice fight for Uh, Gustafsson if if Verdun's last performance is anything to go by. yeah um for Gustafsson I suppose yeah you know it's gonna be hard to get back to that Jones fight and get it again Mm -hmm. uh, if Jones is gonna stay at light heavyweight and who knows what's happening with John Jones but he probably won't retire or stay at light heavyweight if I had to bet so yeah I think it's a for Gustafsson it's a good idea yeah I agree he's a big guy you know he's probably putting a lot of weight to get to 205 Mm -hmm.
0: yeah I saw him once I think he was at he was at, was he at the Cage Warrior show? He was at one show anyway, I think, at Dublin. I'm pretty sure I saw him once, and he's, yeah, he's a big, tall guy. and Like, he's, as you said, his skill level could be just a way, a way above, like, most of the people at that weight class. Like, if you look at him and Stipe, as, size-wise, they're pretty similar, I'd say, you know? So, if put on a bit of weight and go up there. Now, it didn't work well for everyone, but yeah, I'm interested to see how it looks. Um, Christopher Graham actually asked about that. He also asked, what do you think is the most exciting division in the UFC at the moment? After last night, it's hard to look past Bantamweight, isn't it? Like there's so many good fighters there, exciting finishers, and technical, really good technical guys. Yeah, you always have lightweight. Obviously, welterweight's pretty good as well. Ah, I don't know. Yeah,
1: I think it used the, the kind of the, the kind of steady best uh, division like eight eight six eight years ago used to be light heavyweight and uh, now it's kind of lightweight it's kind of the default one but yeah like yeah i i know the the smaller guys don't really draw the attention from the the casuals that other divisions do like lightweight for example but for the the hardcore fans you know like me and you yeah the the bantamweight division is definitely definitely heating up like i'm excited to see Sterling, I'm excited. Sehudo um, uh, uh, kind of leaves it up in the air a little bit, but I'm expecting him back at some stage, yeah. as well. Like so, uh, yeah, it's really exciting up there. I'm excited. I really want to see the Sehudo, algermain Sterling for it after last night. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Brian O'Donnell asks last. How about Sugar Sean O'Malley versus John Dodson next, uh, or Dominic Cruz? I I, I saw you know Neil saying Dominic Cruz as well.
1: I think Dominic Cruz are two more early, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, yeah. Dodson like, got
0: bellator, am I mad? I'm pretty sure John Dodson's um, going to Bellator, isn't he? I don't know. Has he?
1: has he? I'm not sure. I don't know either. But I, if Dodson's in the UFC, then I think it's, a, you know, Dodson's not what he used to be. He has that kind of left hand, but everybody knows about it. And I think it'd be, uh, you know, a former former title contender. It'd be a good it'd be a good name victory for O'Malley if he can get it. Um, but then, you know, if he beats Dodson, then it is kind of like the Dominic Cruz kind of guy you're looking at. And I, I don't know, like i'd like to see a bit more from him than just eddie wyland you know um he kind of he did it in a spectacular fashion but he did what kind of everybody expected him to do
0: mm-hmm. yeah very very true um after two
1: years off as well so yeah
0: yeah uh last question here from trump and we'll answer all the rest of the questions on the q a choose them on on patreon patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast loads out in the last week there's like 600 plus posts uh there and if you want good journalism, and thoughts, and opinion, and a bit of banter, and a bit of crack.
1: Yeah, we're sorry. We, we to Not go elsewhere. for us. <laughs> go,
0: go somewhere else. But uh, if you want two fucking shills, Wonderboy shill, and uh, Conor McGregor shill, coming over over at patreon.com for our service my podcast. Uh, if Aldo wins the Bantamweight belt, how do you like Al- Aljo's chances? Seems tailor-made for Aldo. Yeah, and m- much better match-up for Aljo, in my opinion. I, I, I like Aldo at that weight class. It's very interesting, because
1: it's still a bit of an unknown as
0: yeah. well. he he got beaten by Moraes, but it was in a very close fight in his first fight down there. And I thought, everyone, I think thought he looked good. But when you look at someone like Aljamain Sterling last night, I and mean, you see how fast he is, like I think that's going to be difficult for a guy like Aldo, who always used his speed very much at one forty five. Um, so you know, Perriyan might beat him as well. Like Yan, I don't think is he's fast, but he's more of like a technical. Like he'll walk you down, striker. And I, you know, a, that's why I like that fight. I think it's a very interesting fight with him with Aldo, but there's a lot of good matchups there, a lot of fights I'd like to see. Like I'd like to see Aldo in a lot of those fights as well, but him getting the title shot now is a bit odd, but sure. However, oh, these things happen in MMA, Graham, don't they? Um right, I suppose we leave it there. Uh Premier League coming back next week, Graham. We won't get into another fucking true balls here, but are you looking forward to uh to Liverpool picking up their uh, their first Premier League title?
1: Um, yeah, well, yeah, I think um, it looks like it's going to go ahead. The, all the indications seem to be that it's going to go ahead, but uh, until it actually happens, who knows? Uh, you know, if a second wave hits or something, it could all go out the window, so I'm not counting my chickens yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it will always be an asterisk alongside it anyway, so be, uh, it's all good. Ooh, ooh, and before we go, I forgot. Uh, my score for the main event... Uh, 4.3 4.3 for Amanda Nunes versus Felicia Spencer right thanks everybody for listening uh, I hope you enjoyed it sign up patreon.com forward slash Sevierme podcast subscribe iTunes Soundcloud everywhere else it's up there for free every Sunday follow Graham Sevierme me at Sean and Ba Uh, and we'll see you all next time but all we have to do is give the inspirational quote of the week the only time you should look back in life is to see how far you've come We'll see you next Tuesday, or probably Sunday.